Welcome to Why Is with Ty and Dan. This week we discuss Spider-Man forgetting my birthday. Welcome to Why Is with Ty and Dan, a Marvel podcast where we try to figure out just who and what is going on in this cinematic multiverse. My name is Tyler Borland, and with me always is Danny Vincent. Yep, that's right. I'm Danny. But we also have a returning guest. Who's here? Hello, everyone. Hi, who are you? No, oh, hi. <laughs> no, no, you, you <laughs> listeners, guess who it is? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I thought you were going to introduce me. I'm I'm Mark Young. Hi, Mark. I was here um, for the longest Why Is episode ever recorded, which was I'm not for the sure Spider-Man musical. I'm not sure if it is our longest, actually. We'd have we, to we've had some contenders. Like, yeah, it had better be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's the one that's definitely been the most justified to be as long as it was. <laughs> Perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> we we brought Mark on because we're covering The Amazing Spider-Man 2 today. And since he covered the Spider-Man musical, we just figured it'd be fun to have Mark on for like the famously awful Spider-Man projects. <laughs> it's been so wild like listening to the episodes leading up to this because it's all these people I know doing all of these wonderful Spider-Man movies. <laughs> And now we get to me, and it's like, <laughs> welcome back to the amazing Spider-Man 2. All right. Well, now... Oh, wait. But before we start, we have to commemorate the holiday that was yesterday, which was yesterday was Spider-Monday at the time this episode will drop. So, hooray, Spider-Monday. It happened. We, we How did you guys all celebrate? I, I just now became aware of Spider-Monday as a thing. <laughs> Uh, thanks yeah. to Sony. So, what Spider Monday is an international holiday. Uh, Mark, are you aware of Spider Monday? I think I did know about it, but I don't know why. <laughs> it's I, I have at the no end of the trailer, at the end of the trailer for No Way Home, they go tickets on sale Spider Monday, as if that's a thing everyone knows about. <laughs> oh no, no, no! That's right. that, that is where I heard about it. I was like, why is that in my brain? <laughs> <laughs> not, not even the Sony email hacks gave us spider monday yeah 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 yeah. uh in fact probably listeners are wondering why we aren't covering hawkeye right now and we'll answer that at the end of this episode but anyway we do have a question for you from last week mr mark young which Mm -hmm. is when it comes to spider-man titles do you prefer the numbered ones like spider-man 2 and spider-man 3 the adjective title such as the amazing spider-man or the subtitle such as spider-man homecoming or spider-man into the spider-verse which of those types of titles do you prefer? Subtitled, numbered, or adjective? Wow. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I think normally I prefer the subtitled ones, but I don't think that the subtitled Spider-Man movies really like hit that out of the park. I I I still don't really They're know home. why they all have home in them. Like, I don't yet, think that is they don't hit them out of the park because there is no Spider-Man home run. Wow. You're right. <laughs> That's what's wrong with it. Danny, look behind you. Danny, look behind you. There's the door. Huh? There it is. Wow. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Demolished. Is that an ex- I mean, I I could get in I could get into it. I think that is all I have to say but about that. You didn't that, say which one I, was best. You just I, said I don't like the, the subtitled titles. You didn't say which one was the best. You didn't answer well, it. There's <laughs> always there's always 
Homecoming, which is about him not going home. So, oh wait, no, um, where, which order did they go in? No, okay, okay, we are Homecoming. just Oh asking. yeah, Far From, they are, they are, they do actually work, because Far From Home is when they're in Venice. Yep. Homecoming is when he is at home. Going to Homecoming No Way dance. Home. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh, and there's a Homecoming dance in it. Wow, okay, Far and Away, my favorites out. are the subtitles, because mm-hmm. they actually do make sense, and I'm learning that now. Okay, cool. I My thing with Homecoming was always, I was hoping it was like... a the theme was going to be they're all going to be like high school titles. So like the next year would have been uh, Spider-Man Junior Prom or something like that. You know, <laughs> like like high school labels. But nope, they're all home. Anyway, Tyler, which of those do you prefer? Um, Well, after seeing The Amazing Spider-Man 2 uh, this week, I kind of wish Spider-Man Homecoming was for Paul Giamatti's Rhino character. And it was his homecoming. And he was like, surprise, New York! Okay. I'm back! I'm asking! <laughs> I'm asking what type of title to you like. I, okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> Not your, your Rhino Fix fan fiction. <laughs> I, no, I, I agree with Mark. And I like, I like the subtitle much better. Um, there's a lot more that... The subtitle's unique to that film. Um, rather than Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 3. Okay, but as I said last week, the title is not Spider-Man 1. We just collectively referred to it as that. So people are like, oh, well, which Spider-Man movie are you talking about? Yes. <laughs> I'm just saying it's Spider-Man. Anyway. Well, like what Spider-Man about... Spider-Man purist over here. Yeah. I think like Han shot first. I think <laughs> I... Mm, I think I read this question differently. Uncle, Uncle Ben shot first. I, I, I read. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I feel like in the Amazing Spider-Man movies, it's pretty close to that. Awkward. Yes. <laughs> um, I think I read this question different than you guys, in the sense of, I kind of viewed it as if you were to run your own Spider-Man franchise, which of these would you go with? Because um, the reason I say that is, is the adjective title, I feel like has not actually been used. Because I remember when this kind of come out, I was like, oh, I hope they tell it like the spectacular Spider-Man or something like that, you know? So, But The Amazing Spider-Man 2 is like kind of lazy. I think in theory, I would prefer the adjective title because I think Spider-Man has so many different like adjectives used to describe him in the comics that you could do a trilogy where it's all like the amazing, the spectacular, you know, the astonishing, mm-hmm. stuff like that. I think that'd be cool. Um, uh-huh. This is my opinion. But Mark, what's your question for our next guest? Now, Recently, we've been saying it has to be Spider-Man related, but you can also do MCU related if you'd like, or you can stay on Spider-Man. It's up to you. Because what's the we we don't know when our next guest will be. It'll be after No Way Home. But you can still ask a question about Spider-Man because that's what you're on here. Well, if you'd like, well, that's what I'm wondering: is someone going to be discussing the next Spider-Man movie, or are they going to be discussing another Marvel movie? Uh, It will be another Marvel movie. Unless we oh. want to retroactively go back to Homecoming and Far From Home, I guess we haven't really looked at our New Year's schedule yet. Yet. Oh man! Okay, you can ask a Spider-Man question if you'd like. You can still ask a Spider-Man question. Well, okay. I think I do think that Tom Holland has been a hit. But if you had to go back in time to whatever year it was, who would you cast? I mean, you maybe you cast Tom Holland. Who would you cast besides Tom Holland to be the next Spider-Man in Civil the War? the reboots? Yeah, in Civil War. I think that's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting because I actually know exactly who I would cast because he was on the shortlist and I was really pumped he didn't get it. But who would you mm. cast, Mark? 
Oh, I did not have an answer. Uh, ben Wishaw. I don't know. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he looks like significantly way older than Tom Holland. <laughs> Look, Ben Platt did it. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't have an answer to my question. <laughs> well, instead of Ben Wishaw, can't you just say like you wanted Paddington? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's fair. Tom Holland is like forty. So I think I can just say, like... (laughs) He's 25. I Googled him today because he recently said in an interview that he does want to be playing Spider-Man when he's 30. I'm like, that's not that far away. So I looked it up and Mm. he's 25. That's wild. All right. Let's go to talk about the movie. But Mm -hmm. Tyler? Yes. Take it away. All right. Spoiler alert. The following contains spoilers for the recent Marvel production of The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Seven-year-old production. Seven-year-old production. We do not claim to have knowledge of future spoilers for specifically No Way Home, but we will gladly take full credit if such come true. We will somehow get through this without addressing any leaks, but if our speculations align, it's purely coincidence. Um, so we're gonna talk about the Amazing Spider-Man 2. And as always, we gotta start with where did we first encounter the Amazing Spider-Man 2? Um, let Tyler go first, then I'll go. Danny, you didn't read the script all the way through. <laughs> How did we first oh, encounter? Oh, oh, you're right. You can read it. Go ahead. How did we first encounter the Amazing Spider-Man 2 in the wild? So I just watched the Amazing Spider-Man <laughs> 2 um yesterday actually so yeah i almost like okay before i started watching it i like i watched the dvd no blu-ray uh home release borrowed it from my brother and i remember like before i started it i told danny i was like you know it was i felt like it was almost a record i almost went 10 years without watching the first amazing spider-man and 10 years without it and then that's what i got and then i this film i don't know this film was worth the wait uh yeah i'll just leave it. <laughs> i'll just leave it at that <laughs> um all right i first encountered this movie because famously this movie well famously among my high school friend groups this movie came out when i was in my senior year of high school now the discourse among my friend group at the time Weirdly enough, I was the only person who grew up watching the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. I don't know how this happened with my main friend group, but everyone I knew had really just gone on board with the Amazing Spider-Man movies. And the ones who had watched the Raimi was like, oh, this is way better. Like, these are so much less cheesy. Because, you know, that was the discourse at the time was that the Raimi movies were bad because Spider-Man 3 was bad. Mm. So, me being the indignant guy I am, aka, a uh, quick side story here is I ran a movie club when I was in call in high school where, you know, just be all of our friends going to the movies. And we'd vote on it. And I remember once the Lion King 3D re-release tied with Contagion. And I really wanted to go see the Lion King. So I broke the tie even though I said I wouldn't vote. And they're like, that's how could you want to see the Lion King? That's such a kid's movie. So I went to see the Lion King. I gave it five stars. And then a few weeks later, I went to see Contagion with our mom. And just out of spite, I gave it an F. <laughs> but anyway... So I didn't want to see this movie, right? Because I was really annoyed with my friends saying Andrew Garfield is better. So what I did was I went with one of my friends on opening weekend because they had not yet seen a certain other Marvel movies at the time. We did a double feature, which made this movie look pretty bad because 
The second movie we watched was The Amazing Spider-Man 2. And the first movie we watched was Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Uh, <laughs> and you watched those two back to back. It's very obvious <laughs> which one's a little more, little more messy of a movie. <laughs> um, and I really didn't like this at the time. I, I actually thought it was worse than the first one at the time. But for my general thoughts on it, you're going to have to wait for that later. But that's how I watched it first. I did a double feature of a friend. And uh, the other movie's a little better. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, when did you first encounter this? Well, I tell you what, it was two months ago, just about, <laughs> when you told me that I was not going to be the guest on the Venom episode after I had just watched Venom for the first time. <laughs> so I, I had downloaded Venom on my Amazon Prime because I don't know where else to find these things. And then you told me I was doing Spider-Man 2, so I downloaded that on Amazon Prime. Yeah, excuse me, excuse me. You're doing the amazing Spider-Man 2. We, we can't have what you on I for say? a good... You said it's just Spider-Man 2. We oh, can't have you okay. on for just Spider-Man 2. That'd be a I'm good not, movie. I'm not allowed to be on for a good movie. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I watched half of it, like, in one sitting. And then, like, I don't know, a month and a half passed. And then I saw that we were going to record soon and so i finished it (laughs) (laughs) and that was how i encountered amazing spider-man 2 in the wild (laughs) oh my (laughs) all right let's go on to our general thoughts yeah this film is what happens when a sci-fi action tv movie does a crossover with the soap opera um, I'd say this movie is much like Thor The Dark World in that there is a movie hidden within the movie that is more cohesive and better than its outer shell. But that outer shell gets in the way narratively and makes a mess of things, albeit a watchable mess. This film does a really good job at portraying Spidey's heroism and heroic deeds. The first movie is a bore, but this film makes me want Garfield Spidey in No Way Home. I think... And this is such a wonderful, wonderful train wreck of a movie. It's a massive improvement on the first one. Because this has a personality to it. Moreover, most of the bad stuff in this is entertainingly terrible. The issue with it is that it's just too long. So at a certain point, it's just kind of like, all right, let's move on a bit. Like, you know, like it, it takes too long on its plot points. Um, but I do think to compare this to Thor 2 is to insult this movie. I think this movie is really quite great. Um, if I was to give it a grade, I'd give it 1.5 stars out of 5. Mm. Pretty great. Mm. <laughs> I, I'd actually give it a 3 out of 5. I give it the same. I don't remember what I gave Spider-Man 3. Well, well, what would you say? Is this better than Spider-Man 3 or worse? I think this is worse than Spider-Man 3. Oh, I think this is better than Spider-Man 3. Mark, where do you fall? You know, my memory of Spider-Man 3 is really colored by the game. Mm. And I think that's an interesting recurring thing on this. Because <laughs> when Kevin was on, he was like, the Amazing Spider-Man, the game was really good. Uh, and he was, uh, yeah, it, of course, when Spider-Man 2 came up, we talked about the game. Mm-hmm. And when I talk about Spider-Man 1, I talked about the game. I feel like it's interesting that people always bring up the video game. when it, you know. I mean, I even think that, like, you know, I don't have a memory of Spider-Man 3 annoying me. Like, I, I got that sense from from this film. And, you know, a lot of people go into making a movie and it's a hard thing and all that. But that's that's how I, com- how I think of it compared to Spider-Man 3 anyway. 
I think though the key difference is like this is coming off of a very bad movie, so it being a mess that is entertaining does make it seem better in a sense than Spider-Man Three, which is coming off of two like great movies, you know? Like it's yeah, just maybe. a comparison thing too. It's also At least to me, about, like like I do think this is a worse film than Spider-Man Three, but I think this is a more a movie I'd rather watch than Spider-Man Three, if that makes sense. Hmm. Yeah. I do, I do think that it's been a while since I watched the original Spider-Man trilogy, and I have, like, kid memories in my brain, too. So that's why I'm not, like, you know, in my brain, I'm like, oh, yeah, Topher Grace being Venom killed it, absolutely. But, like, you know, I'd have to revisit those, and then I'd, I'd come back to you. So what were your general thoughts on The Amazing Spider-Man 2? Uh, I was, was you know, uh, let's not use, like, good and bad adjectives. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, you know, part of this movie, inside of this one movie, there is the Joker. Like, that's a movie inside of this movie. The Joker. <laughs> like, like, the Walking Phoenix Joker movie? Yeah. Movie. Yeah. Like, that's, <laughs> that's, that's in the soup. And then I also think it has, like, parts of, like, The Office or, like, any film where the dialogue is, like, mostly improvised. And I think that is it. And then I thought it had some cool CGI action sequences. And those are my thoughts. I, for a second, when you said, like, The Office, my mind immediately went to, like, there being an office zoom in on Dennis Leary's face whenever he appears in this movie. <laughs> he, he is. <laughs> and it's because Peter is like, oh, man, I, I can't. You know, can't go on a date with Gwen, not with Dennis Leary over there. You know, <laughs> I think we can use that to dig in. And I'm going to start, then Tyler will go to your points, okay? Okay. I want to talk about the thing. It is You have something here about Gwen, but I want to talk about a specific thing about Gwen, which is that she is introduced in this movie, giving a speech about how, you know, we don't know how much time we have in this world, but we should try to make the most of it. And then immediately, Peter's like, I don't think we should be together because it's too dangerous. And then the rest of the movie, Peter keeps that line of thought and Gwen keeps going, no, I want to help. I want to help. And I think this is a, a flaw of this movie. That's not an entertaining flaw. Uh, the fact that it does try to absolve Peter of his responsibility of killing Gwen. Cause Gwen is constantly like, no, this is my decision. This is my decision, which is not from the story. It's adapting. Yeah. Uh, and now I, I know these movies don't need to be perfect adaptations of the source material. But I think since Gwen Stacy's death is supposed to be Peter Parker's biggest tragedy, to try to make it so he wanted to avoid it and knew it was coming negates how powerful it could be. Hmm. There's there's some in-depth criticism of this movie that you're going to get from me because the rest of it's going to be positive. No, I'm kidding. Well, you, you don't you don't <laughs> think that you don't think that him having an understanding of the gravity of that increases the power. No, because the thing is, he didn't even want Gwen to be there in the third act. You know what I mean? Like, he was, he like, go home. And then she came. And then he's like, no, you came. And then she gets killed. He's like, he's like I, I knew this would happen. He didn't say that. But that's, what I, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I read it. I knew this would happen. <laughs> but, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to victim blame. <laughs> okay. No, I was, I was trying to pull something out of, out of there that I don't think was there <laughs> yeah it's it's been a few days for me but no nah, you're good 
That's, that's just, I wanted to get that out there. I think that is a problem. One of the two big problems with this movie. Um, but yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Tyler. Yeah. Let's go on to your points. Okay. Um, and, then I'll, and then we can go into free play afterwards. <laughs> free play. Press triangle for free play. <laughs> I, yeah, I think that uh, Peter Parker, like the Peter Parker, Spider-Man, um, dynamic in this one. I think Spider the Spider-Man stuff works really well. Um, yeah, I was surprised film. at how good the Spider-Man, like the quips really work. Yeah, yeah, the quips, the quips are really good. And also, um, this is one thing that like I don't remember it from the Raimi films, and I don't think we really got it with um, uh, what's his name with the Tom Holland films. Is that there's a, there's a moment in this film where uh, Garfield as Spider-Man goes up to these kids and these kids have just like a <laughs> I'm laughing because Marcus is laughing. Sorry. I have I haven't heard Garfield as Spider-Man yet, but go on. No. <laughs> what did you think of the orange cat? In yeah, the- I mean if, if I had, if I'd been here for Kevin, I would be over this by now. But anyway, go on. <laughs> um, so um I think that that like uh, Spidey's got a moment with uh, where he's he like these kids have an issue that's like not something that is an emergency at all. You know, Um, nothing's burning down. No one is in peril. And Spider-Man's just like, hey, you know, like they they needed something for their whatever game they were playing to, to continue. And he's like, Hey, let me help you out. Oh, hey, that's cool. And he just talks with them and like we actually get like a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man in moments with with this Spider-Man. And uh and that's something that I've not really seen. Like the Raimi films, it was like, "Oh, hey, there's there's Spider-Man. He's our hero. You know, he's he watches over. He's like our guard dog for the neighborhood." it's always just watchful protector whereas like in this film spider-man feels like he is a part of the neighborhood rather than just overseer yeah i I think one of the best aspects of this film that okay i always have to clarify here because i think there are a lot of great moments in this movie ironically and then there are a few good non-ironic moments (laughs) this is one of the good non-ironic things is that i think it's really nice to see Peter, like, as you said, helping, like, a school bully. Yeah. Or, like, it's goofy, but, like, him having the fire helmet on helping firefighters. Like, like it's stuff like that where it's like, yeah, this is cool. Um, uh, Yeah, yeah, I agree, is what I'm basically saying. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's cool. I do like uh, Mr. Andy. Yeah, yeah. And then... We get to the Peter Parker stuff, <laughs> and uh, I've got a perfect tendencies in the notes. <laughs> that's I that's, like, that you're like, that's like, I like that you're like Spider Man's so nice. He's great around the neighborhood. My next bullet point: psychopath. <laughs> well, like, we get to the Peter Parker he's stuff, a menace. and he's a- <laughs> like when he's not with Gwen, like him and Gwen when they're together, it, it's it's great. But then we get these psychopathic tendencies with with him. And even when he is Spider-Man, like in that opening scene, he's okay. There's a there is a uh, 
is it a semi? Yeah, is is Rhino the, is the Paul Giamatti? Yeah. yeah, he's driving a semi down this main main street in and New Paul York. Paul Giamatti's just laughing maniacally. Paul Giamatti's just like, ah! and then he's got a gun and he's shooting around and like. He's plowing through traffic. Who knows how many people have been injured because of this? And despite, like Spider-Man, who has superhuman strength, does he stop the truck? Does he? Does he do any? No. He sits and he decides. He's like, "Hey, don't just don't be late for dinner." Ha ha ha! And I'm like, "Okay, that's very Spidey." Like, I like the quips, but also Spider-Man, like, get a grip because people are getting hurt. <laughs> There's property damage going on. Yeah. Well, I think to me, the bigger issue there, and I was going to talk about this later, but I can talk about it now, is this movie has a very weird thing where for most of the superhero fights, there is a crowd of people watching it and cheering on (laughs) Spider-Man. And it's it's very weird. (laughs) Because they're like, oh, wow, there's a blue guy in the middle of Times Square. Oh, Spider-Man's here. Go Spider-Man! It's like, no, (laughs) go away! This guy is blowing stuff up! But, Danny, I I will bring back a point that you made last week. No, you made it, I think, during the Eternals episode, where you you said, why would you go see a Superman movie if you have superheroes running around (laughs) outside? So, why would they go? Letting them be there. Why why is this that area not getting evacuated? Because cops are there. They yeah, put up barriers so that way Spider-Man can have his little area and everyone else can watch. What <laughs> <laughs> doesn't make any sense? So, I think to be I clear, I think this is funny. Like when this happens to me, I laugh every time. <laughs> yeah, Mark, what were you going to say? Oh well, I don't know if you guys were going to mention it, but I I read a bit about it, and apparently this was like the biggest film production by some metric. This was like supposedly the biggest film production in the state of new york oh like, wow at this time i was gonna and, say i'm kind of surprised they were it does look like they shot in times square oh like, maybe i mean it would be i think it'd be pretty easy to like recreate a lot of that because times square is like that open area and then you just put up those stairs the and then do the green booth. screen the what they, they had the tkts booth yeah that's Spider-Man what i mean could have got easy tickets to build to wicked but what I'm saying is that, like, <laughs> that you can just, like, fill it with, maybe, maybe that was, like, part of it. And I don't know. I think that's why it seems kind of inorganic to me, is that there are just a bunch of people there. And it's like, wahoo, we've employed all of these people, including A.D. Bryant. To be, <laughs> I'm like, glad you brought her up. <laughs> it's very weird she's in this movie. <laughs> to be, like, in, in the movie. So I thought I thought that was interesting, like, watching it, how like the scale of everything keeping that in mind but yeah to to continue on peter parker's psychopathic tendencies why why does he why does he make the big web in his room and i'm not talking about the web that 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 is why that scene okay so that uh, shout out to julius sound project by the way um because this is the scene where he makes the web uh but also that scene always makes me laugh hysterically because it's framed like it's a normal thing. But not only is it a big wet, like he's trying to find out where his parents are. Yeah. So like if it was just that mystery, it would make sense. But there's like photos of Uncle Ben on there. There's a, a like a bunch of Gwen on there. It ends with a shot of a, just a poster he wrote. Does I do I have to lose her too? I <laughs> do- what? <laughs> I don't know what she has to do with like. I, I don't understand why, like, 
Uh, yeah, I it's just so funny. <laughs> and then like later, Anne May discovers it, and it's just like she's like, "What is this?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that's the appropriate response to have to that." <laughs> like, what is that? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, so funny. <laughs> I, but one of my one of my favorite dumb jokes in this movie, though, I think Andrew Garfield does a really great job selling the dumb jokes, like when Aunt May barges in on him and he's like, I'm naked, I'm naked, don't yeah. look at me. And she's like, why are you so dirty? He's like, I was in the chimney. We don't have a chimney. And he goes, what? Like, yeah. I think it is yeah. such a that's stupid I, joke, but it's funny. That's <laughs> what I mean. Like, how did someone, like, write that? And then, <laughs> like, I feel like that came out of some botched improvisation. He's like, all right, you just go in there, just get him to open the door. It doesn't matter what you say. Just get him to open the door. Andrew makes <laughs> Sally Field was just confused. <laughs> She's like, what? Like, what are you talking? She doesn't know how to yes and. <laughs> right. Whoever doesn't know how to yes and. But it's like, all right, the chimney's the button and go. <laughs> I, maybe... I think it's funny, though. It's just so stupid. It's such a dumb joke. Also, they're arguing over the laundry. So stupid. Such a stupid moment. <laughs> I, I, I think those are the those are the moments though that like that. I mean, they're meant to be funny, and I'm laughing it, at them. Yeah, so it's they meant succeed. to be funny, and we're <laughs> laughing at them, so they're successful. But also, I think on a little bit of a deeper level, like it's it's this kid who's just gone into he's now in his first year of college. Um. He says he's in college, but he doesn't say which which year. And I don't know how long. No, he's it's not. Been. No, he's no. Not? Remember, this takes place in the summer after they graduate. Oh, because Gwen is talking about how she's going to go to Oxford in the fall. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is like right off. <laughs> this is. I love how like she's like I just got accepted to Oxford, and it turns out I have to go tonight. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> I, you know, I, will I just say, gotta go right now. <laughs> I will say, if I had seen this as a little kid, that would not have bothered me. I'd just be like, yep, there's this thing called college, and they're gonna do it. So and then the then the part where like Peter thinks that the best thing for him to do standing in front of these representatives oh. from Oxford is to be like, I'm actually a professor over at Harvard. And and then he, oh, I thought you were going to say, and then also he does the creepy stalker thing of writing, I love you. On, okay, on there the is that. Ring. There is that. But also Gwen was in the car. She was in the car. She did not have to get out. And then, I think I... <laughs> I think Danny is missing the best evidence of that where I think after they meet up again she actually asks him are oh, you yeah. following me and he has to be like uh yeah yeah, he, yeah. Knows the, he knows like the sushi place right or a ramen place yeah that opened a month ago and <laughs> he's like oh yeah the sushi place that opened like a month ago and she's like we've been broke up for a while yeah <laughs> <laughs> but like Busted. again I think I think this movie, unlike the, unlike the previous one, where it's all played so seriously, the tone of this movie is just so incredibly dumb that I'm like, yeah, okay, like whatever. These ca- everyone in this movie is like an idiot, so I don't care. <laughs> I I think, I think with this film is like, I don't think that they watched the first film in test. I think that they just shot everything and they were like, all right, 
guys in post, you do your thing. And Mark Webb was like, well, we got to go work on number two. Roll he was like, see you later. We're going. And then they like they got to number two and they were like, so like uh, number one wasn't very successful. Um, yeah, I have to imagine so- <laughs> this is the result of like people telling Mark Webb. The last one, people said they didn't have a personality. And he's like, well, I'll show them personality. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I, I feel like with this one, they were just like, well, we, we tried try to give a serious. We, we tried to give a serious Spider-Man and they didn't like it. So just just go ham. Just do just do whatever you want. Yeah. Tyler, I want to get for your next two points because we have to talk about the villains. OK. So we got to get for your next two points. OK. Before we can so get my next point is Peter and Gwen's relationship. Um. The chemistry between Peter and Gwen is a big highlight of this film. Peter's life is chaotic, and a lot of that is self-imposed. Um, but B- Gwen brings stability to Peter's life, and I think it works particularly well in this film, or is at least highlighted because of the relative mess that the rest of the film is. Um, I, and I really the performances from Garfield and uh, Stone are both really good, and like bringing out this like cute but also like if you were there it would make you uncomfortable like type of romance yeah. like you know where you're like oh they're they're that couple and like it they just they just pull it off pull it off really really well and i think that ultimately it that is because they build that up in in this film um that I think that Gwen's death, that any gravitas there, it's from what they've built up. I I don't I don't think there's much that carried over from the first one to to this one necessarily in like that connection. Yeah, between and that's the another reason why. Like to me, this movie is like, even though yeah, as I said, it's one point five out of five. I will rewatch this on its own if I have to. Like I'm like I I want to familiar like rewatch a Garfield movie like. <laughs> I'd watch Garfield Tale to Kitties. <laughs> and Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movie. Uh, it would be this one because it is kind of a full package. You're correct. Uh, even though I, my opinion on the Gwen and Peter scenes, like this is like your bathroom break scene because it's good. That's why it's like, it's just good because unlike anything else in the movie where it's like, you're fascinated by what is happening. Yeah. This is just like, oh, like this is, like solid stuff. Well, I'm gonna go to the bathroom then because I want this to be stupid again. <laughs> like, <laughs> but then you'll you'll miss the two adult sex jokes that these high schoolers make to each other. Do you all know what I'm talking about? Oh uh, yeah, please explain sex to us. <laughs> well, no, I just mean I don't know. That's my deal with it. Is like there's great chemistry between these two adult people, but then there are just sometimes you know. Where they like the illusion is broken, and I'm thinking of one where like it's just after they graduated, and whoever it is is like, oh, I need to practice my speech, and it's like, oh, you, I'm gonna, we're gonna practice it all night, you know, practice oh, it over yeah, and over yeah, again. Yeah, and I'm like, Ow. what are what are y'all talking about out here on the lawn? <laughs> the but, the you lawn. Know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I just I don't know. Dennis Leary's there. <laughs> That's Dennis Leary. Dennis Leary is always there. He's always watching. <laughs> now, now imagine if, imagine no if home, Dennis Leary just pops. It up. just pops up. <laughs> no, imagine, imagine if you had never seen the Amazing Sp- Spider Man and you just saw Amazing Spider Man two, and now you're like, movie that does not stand. <laughs> you're just like, who the heck is this guy? 
<laughs> like everything else, exp- it, 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 they explain why uh, Peter's like, I made a promise. You know, well, I can't be with you, Gwen. Like the best they- promises are the ones you don't keep. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. <laughs> but like, like they explain everything else explains itself except for the presence of Dennis Leary in the background, just staring <laughs> at Andrew Garfield. Um, yeah. And then we got to talk about the parents stuff in Uncle Ben. Yeah, yeah. So I don't <laughs> I just say my to kick this off. Can I say my favorite joke of the movie that's not supposed to be a joke? Yeah, because it makes me laugh every single time I've watched this movie, including when I saw it in the theater. It's um when it's when Peter's graduating and Aunt May trying to be a supportive aunt goes, "Oh, I wish your Uncle Ben could have been here to see this," and he just goes, oh, "I miss my parents." <laughs> <laughs> Where my dad would have liked this too, you know. <laughs> yeah, like, dude. <laughs> was, She's yeah. clearly like still mourning her husband. So going back to psychopathic <laughs> tendencies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like I I don't know why I don't know why this film. Well, I know why they do it because of narrative sense. But I don't know why emotionally, why would Peter be more attached to, like, why does he not have more of an attachment to Uncle Ben? Because it's the untold ben, story. You know? It's the untold story. Bum, bum, I had bum. a father. His name was my dad. Not, <laughs> of course, referencing the Great Land of Spider-Man 1. <laughs> His name was Mr. Parker. <laughs> <laughs> and he had a wife, and her name was Mrs. Parker, okay? <laughs> you will respect them. <laughs> I just like this movie opens up a ridiculous like spy fight on a plane yes. with Peter Parker's dad. As if this is what people are like, ah, I love Spider-Man. Let's go to the new Spider-Man movie. What? What's going on? I I okay, so I've seen the I've seen the film before, like prior to my first time seeing this one. I've I had seen the moments of him, of Spidey like falling towards the ground, which by the way. Where the heck is Spidey jumping from? Because he's like above all the buildings in New York. Oh, and I he's don't just care. dropping it's cool. down. He's it's just dropping cool down. Shot. It's a care. cool shot. It's fantastic. It's awesome. But like I'm I, I just maybe it's like think, maybe like, it's where like did he they're come starting from? a video game. Maybe this whole thing takes place in a video game. And it's like you turn on the game and it's like, all right, you're being spawned in. <laughs> like, so it's Fortnite. This guy. Or, yeah, or Warzone. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or Free Guy. Or Free, free Guy. guy yeah. <laughs> or the Tomorrow War. Uh, so, yeah, the parent stuff. So, like, I thought the moment where Spidey's dropping in uh, to the city, I thought that's where the movie started. And then I start watching this and I'm like, what is this plane? Why? Why is the esteemed you know, Mr. Parker care about. here? I was like, <laughs> why is this here? And I think I, I texted Danny like probably a good four or five times. And I'm like, why is this parent stuff in this movie? I don't need to watch this. I don't need to watch him going into a dank subway. I don't need to watch India. Yeah. I was like, what is this Indiana Jones subway BS? Like, why, why is this happening? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I think something that this film could have it it missed it because it was so focused on the parent stuff and i think like if they would have focused more on the uncle ben relationship and then get into the parent stuff like further on down down the road you know 
if if they would ever get into it. This is really why in the MCU movies, I always complain about like why Peter doesn't care about Uncle Ben. Because we haven't had a Peter Parker who cared about Uncle Ben since Toby. Right. That's the issue to yeah. me. Is like, yeah. This should not be like something that it, like, it's a fundamental part of his character, in my opinion. Like It really is. Because that's his great tragedy. So the fact is, is that we've had two incarnations in the character who don't care. It's just like, what? And uh, I, that's what my big issue is, you know? Yeah. Mark, do you have any thoughts on the parent stuff in this movie? It's basically what you said. I liked the subway. I was like, why on earth? So that was a good emotion to have. But I don't really have a whole lot. To, I don't have a whole lot to say about the parents thing. I think my, my th- thought about the parents is that's the other scene with Aunt May where it feels improvised. Mm. where it's like, I don't know, just stall Aunt May. Just, I don't know, say that you loved him or that you feel inadequate or something like that. And I don't really know where it comes from. Um, And that is my connection to the parents. I have two things I want to talk about before we get to talking about the villains. One of them is, which kind of comes off the parent thing, is don't you guys love, this is another thing about the movie that is just bad to me, it's not funny bad. How um, Spider-Man, you know, famous Spider-Man, who anyone can wear the mask, anyone can be Spider-Man. Uh, actually, you can only be Spider-Man because your dad's DNA was baked into the genetic spiders that bit you. Yeah. <laughs> and anyone, any other spider, any, if the spiders bit anyone else, they just die. But you, you're the chosen one, Peter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's such a fundamental misunderstanding of why Spider-Man is cool. Mm-hmm. Like Yeah. You know, uh, I it think really I, is just the yeah. well, uh, Am I wrong in that that is a little more true to like the Gwen Stacy story is that it is a little more like it's like I don't know, like not less humanistic, but that is more it gets more into like his dad is a scientist and all this stuff. What do you mean with Gwen Stacy? Well, I think, I mean, in my brain, there's the Toby stories, which is all about him and Uncle Ben. And then from this movie and then from cartoons, I thought that I just think that the for in movies and in cartoons, the Gwen Stacy stuff is always a little more like about the science of the spider versus the Toby stories and things like it, which are more about him. Just like I have spider powers and I care about my Uncle Ben. So that kind of like. Uh, well, I don't think any of them will really go into like a such a blatant like only you could have been Spider-Man type of thing, you know? Oh, maybe. Um, I no. think you, all I of think Aunt Mark May's is, uh, encouraging eugenics right here. <laughs> I'm not encouraging eugenics. I just think that that's part of that's one of the Spider-Man plots. I I do think. Oh, I was just gonna say that I don't really have anything to say to this besides, like, I think all of Aunt May's lines were improvised. (laughs) Everything. I don't think they wrote. I don't think they wrote any into it, and they were just like. Sally Field just came on set. Sally Field, you're a good actor. Improvise, and she's like, "What?" And they're like, "There, that." That's what I want. Improvise. <laughs> Give me that. Fresh off Lincoln. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she would have been fresh off. You're right. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is um, the third act, but in particular how the third act cuts has these really weird cutaways to this plane with no one we know about these planes, with no characters on them that we know. 
I think no. it's really funny. What? Oh my gosh. They they wrecked the plane thing. But go on about the plane. If that's, you, well, you want to talk about the plane. It's both thing. the planes and the Aunt May stuff where it's like, oh no, we don't have a backup generator. There's no power for the patients. It's like, okay, all right. <laughs> like, I, I, You don't need to give me these examples of what goes wrong in New York City without power? Because I think most people can assume that New York City needs power, right? <laughs> like, we don't need to spell it out to the audience and cut away to these random things during the third act. I think it was almost really cool how almost. that upped the stakes. Because, well, because well, the first time you see that, it just drills it in for you how wide this is like that's what really intrigued me about the third act is that once electro controls the city he actually controls the city yeah and i did not know how spider-man would solve this problem so i thought it would be a situation where one of these three groups is gonna die and then they just they turned them into timers and i thought it's like a good screenwriting I don't know if it's like a lesson of anything in particular, but it's just like, oh, you had this really interesting setup, and then you introduced the control tower, and then it was like, all right, you just, so now it's just, you know, people on a plane, they're chilling, and these people, they're not going to die in the hospital, because whatever. It'd be really crazy if they did die. That'd be crazy. It's like, I saved Gwen. No, 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 let me, hear me, hear me out. Like, oh, great. <laughs> like, everyone goes to this movie assuming Gwen Stacy is going to die. Now, imagine she would that Gwen Stacy doesn't die. But instead, somehow there is a mass tragedy, and Spider-Man didn't save like 400 people who all died. I think that is <laughs> that would be a crazy twist. I mean, that'd be, that'd be very, um, very, very darkish. Dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was. Now, we- I was really. I was just really confused by the by the plane thing. It uh, if if you'll turn your attention to the text channel. I've also included uh, pictures from another movie that did something kind of similar, but better executed. If you, oh if you, yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Every time I come on, we discuss the Dark Knight. Yes, yeah, you know, like you know the one. Wait, when did we talk about the Dark Knight? When we talked about the Spider-Man? I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember. I assume I remember that. that. Like, I I can buy it. I buy it that we talked about the Dark Knight. So, well, the thing is with that also is like it's so blatantly tied to the Joker scheme, um, and you really yeah. feel the Joker's presence on that those boats. Right. Whereas here, it's just Electra like doesn't really care about the collateral damage. She just wants people to celebrate his birthday. So like, <laughs> remember his name, right? Right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that there is something about with Electro that like I was gonna say we can move into the villains now. Yeah, this Electra. is a good time yeah, to do that. Segue. I I don't think <laughs> that like there's a lot of stuff with Electro that I'm like that's cool. And I'm partially okay with him not having a grip of his powers and being this all blue Mr. Manhattan ripoff. I'm okay with that in this film as long as he eventually will, you know, get to more of a suit. And I I assume that in No Way Home, the suit that he has on is, 
I'm assuming it's the same Electro, and it, that's a way for him to harness his powers and control them, rather than, you know, it's a it's a harness for the energy, rather than him just being like, hey, guess what? I'm just knocking out power for everything. Maybe the harness prevents him from aging, and as such, he doesn't have to worry about people forgetting his birthday, because he does. it's not relevant to him anymore, right? <laughs> Maybe I just want. We need to talk before uh, electros. I, whatever. I think it's more interesting to talk about Max. Yeah, well, in this movie, and that's <laughs> that's, that's the interesting part. That's what me. I was gonna get to. Is like <laughs> they. I I don't think it. Guy. I don't think it was. It was a good. Okay, Jamie Fox. This, it was bad writing for his character and Jamie Fox. I forgot. I, what I, he I had. Bj Novak is in this. BJ oh Novak yeah, yeah. Um, but Jamie Fox takes takes what he's given and he rolls with it and makes something out of it. Um, and that can't be said for every actor in this film. What I don't like about the writing for for Max uh, is it Max Dillon or Max Dillard? It doesn't matter. Did you forget his name? <laughs> I. You forgot his name? I forgot his birthday? I forgot his name? (laughs) Electro's gonna get you in the night. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, so anyways. I'm Electro. (laughs) um, I I don't like that that they made him to where it's... They made it look as if because he, he... has a mental um hand, I don't want to say handicap. I um, think you're giving the movie too much like, credit to say they make him seem a, like he has they make him like a channel for like mental anxiety. Yeah, like he's got a social social anxiety or um a mental disorder and okay. I I like I don't think that's the way to to do that is like well, if you have this, then you'll become a villain. Like he could have been just like not had. You know what I mean? Too, I, I I think the movie is too cartoony <laughs> for me to really buy into this thing where he has a disorder. This I think he's just yeah. designed to be like a nerd, like a really yeah like, dumb nerd where he's like she remembered my name. Like it's just it, he is like he's a cartoon character. Because he literally just is walking on the street with blueprints and tripping, and then Spider-Man saves his life. He's like, "Oh, thanks, Max." And he's like, "Spider-Man, remember?" And the next time we see him in the movie, he's making his own birthday cake and pretending he's talking to Spider-Man in the mirror about how he's going to come to his birthday party. Yeah, it's just—it's so it's, ridiculous to me. I, I can't connect it to something beyond like as what this ridiculous. movie is. It's as ridiculous as Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone being adults, like being high schoolers, which. As Tyler, you mentioned, it kind of makes Peter Parker come off more as like this weirdo, like a like this weird psychopath, yeah. Versus like a cartoon character. Um, I'm trying to think of a movie that did it better, but that that's my take. I agree with Tyler. I I, I don't know. I I like the Jamie Fox. I like also like how re- it's just so ludicrous. His his birth of the birth of electricity was almost my favorite scene. That I was gonna pick, but I was like, I'm gonna pick a non-ironic choice because I think that scene is hilarious when he falls into the vat of eels and he just like it's just the CGI Jamie Fox like going, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> and then we get the ridiculous shot of his teeth 
being fixed by the, the electric. I like I like the fake out with him plugging in the the electrical cords, and he's like, "Happy birthday to you!" And then he plugs it in, and you expect something to happen, and nothing happens. And it's like, "All right!" And then the shock out of nowhere. Birthday. It's like, where was this loose wire? What like? <laughs> so, so just- it's so stupid. I, I, I don't I understand it. where did this loose wire come from that caused this spark, and be in like I don't know. I yeah. I I I don't understand uh, that. I I feel that with with Electro, he's a character that it's it's it is ironic that he he talks about cake quite often in this film because much like cake, this character has layers. But he also has too many layers, and it's layers that just don't work together. All right, and then we we have to ask, isn't that the question of the day? Which infamously is not actually in this film. I don't know if you guys remember that marketing. It was an all, every single trailer for this movie would be like, uh, the Spider-Man guy, he seems a little interesting or something like that. And Harry Osborne would be like, isn't that the question of the day? Anyway, the question of the day is Harry Osborne. What do we think about hair? We need to talk about hair. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's he's my crush. <laughs> Dane Diane. <laughs> I I'm just gonna say that he's honestly the face, he's the face of this movie failing. His, yes. his career like died <laughs> wow. right after this. It's no, it's true. He 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 didn't he hasn't been in movies or TV. His career is dead. Yes, he has. That's honestly, fa- I'll be real. The real thing that killed his career is Valerian. Being the face of Valyrian. I thought he was just off being a character actor somewhere. Nope. You're wrong. Oh. You're wrong. I'm looking up Dane DeHaan's wiki right now. Isn't that the question of the day? What are you going to say about him, Tyler? While- um, I was just going to say, like, with this character, there were a lot of choices. A lot of uh, choices were made. Um, A lot of choices that I don't think were necessarily the best choices, but it... Uh, it this it's it's a character who comes off as like I'm a bad guy now, so like I want to be a bad guy, so I'm a bad guy now, so I'm doing bad guy things, and I'm like you're you are you're phoning it in, you like you know what I mean? What, Danny? So I've looked up Danny's wiki. So I saw Valerian is his last big movie he did. Okay, um. He was in the new Pablo Rain miniseries for um, Apple TV. And he was also in the show called Zero Zero Zero, which Julius keeps telling me to watch. It's a crime mm-hmm. show on Amazon Prime. But then I saw he's in The Stranger as a main role. For some reason, I thought The Stranger was uh, that Jason Bateman HBO show that was on a few years back. Or maybe it was even this year with Ben Mendelsohn and Jason Bateman. It's like a Stephen King novel. I don't know what that is, actually. So I clicked The Stranger. I'm like, that's pretty cool that he's in this. I see it is a uh, Queeby miniseries. (laughs) 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 Oh, too soon. (laughs) That's not his most recent thing, is it? Um, Uh, The the Pablo Rain show is. He's um, in something. He's off. He's off doing his own thing. He's Roy Cohn in McCarthy. It's in pre-production, and then there's like a TV miniseries, decent role called The Staircase. That's in post-production. So. I mean, he's still got stuff coming out, you know. But he's not like getting like Amazing Spider-Man, Valerian, 
chronicle, you know, like he was on the what well, was on the up and up, and now he's on the down I'm, and down. Yeah, I mean, I can like I can imagine getting a bunch of roles like that, and then do like getting the press for Spider Man, and then Valyrian, and then being like, you know, let's do other things for a little bit. I feel like that makes sense to me. Yeah, it was also Vincent D'Onofrio's uh, uh, biopic about Billy the Kid. We played Billy the Kid. Yeah. So, this has That's a very cool. detailed Wikipedia page for a movie <laughs> that no one saw. Um, Except. Anyway. Has, yeah. Yeah. I didn't really say anything about Harry. Uh, I think Harry is uh, Rob Reasley the worst part of this film because Dandy Hand doesn't really know how to ham it up compared to everyone else here. We didn't talk about Paul Giamatti, but I don't think we really need to. Like, <laughs> it, it is Paul Giamatti. <laughs> If you haven't seen this movie, Paul Giamatti is in it and worth watching. <laughs> and it, and it's, uh, yeah, it's something special. I'm you- the rhino. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think character wise, like, yes, I, it's just I agree. Really funny also for like Harry to be, I agree, like, Danny, like, that like, I'm your secret rich best friend from a childhood. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. That's, that's the thing is like, I agree with you that, um, that I don't think I don't think the it's this actor for this movie at this time was not a good idea. Um, I and honestly, this character at this time for him to have such a pivotal role in this film, I it was not the right the right time. Yeah, like yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I don't think there was no the goblin. There was no makes setup. Much sense after such a presence in the Raimi movies as well. Yeah, you know? yeah, and like they had done a pretty good job at staying away. They had done a pretty good job at staying away from the other, like the Raimi, you know, villains. Um, there were there were nods like in the basement of Origins. Um, in the, uh, I think it's no, it's not the post credits. Um, no, it might be. It's in this one. In the Vault of Origins, where they've got like the the uh, the claws and the Doc vulture Ock wings, arms, and yeah. yeah, and like like there are nods, there are nods there, and I'm like, yeah, that's that's not that's not bad. That's nice well, to you know to pay homage to it. Get. Right, right. This movie was supposed to be followed up by a Sinister Six movie, right? And then an Amazing Spider-Man three. Um, but I I think it would have honestly been fine with just a. Just make Harry Osborne be, he's just head of a CEO, like head CEO, you know, like of this company that does like very sus things. And I think that it would have, it would have worked out. He's a villain factory, basically. He's the leader of a villain factory. And I think for this universe, it would have, would have worked out. And yeah, yeah. Lizard, then Electro, then... I don't know who the next no. next guy would have been, but I want to talk about two more very quick things. But one of them is my pitch that I've already told Tyler for No Way Home that I want to pitch to Mark in our audience, which is we are all expecting at the end of No Way Home, I feel like, for Garfield and Maguire to show up. Now, what if I I propose to you that instead he gets help from Another J.K. Simmons and an email, like just a floating email that comes into the universe. <laughs> K- 
Can you explain that? <laughs> oh, you know, like how uh, J. Jonah Jameson's in this movie, but he is literally just an email. And, and in <laughs> mention, in mention, because Peter does say, he's like, uh, oh, well, Aunt May's like, he doesn't pay you enough. You know, she improvises and, and says, yeah. he doesn't pay you enough. And then he's like, oh, yeah, he pays. Sally Queen, the imp- Sally, Sally Fields, Fields the queen of queen. improv. Yeah. And then, and then Andrew Garfield's like, yeah, yeah, he pays me enough if I was getting paid in 1961. Um, so. Ah, get it? That's when Spider-Man was born. Ha ah, ha so clever. Oh, <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> um, that looked like it hurt to uh, laugh like that. The other, the other thing I want to talk about that I've been trying to talk about the whole time, but not really, was yeah. the suit. The suit's cool. I actually Spider Man suit. Remembering it. Yeah. Okay. Suit. Okay. I was about the rhinos. Suit. <laughs> I was. <laughs> yeah, we popped around so much. Um, yeah, I like it. I like it. I think the fr- the Amazing Spider Man one the suit eyes is I better. Really yeah, I like I like yeah. the eyes in this one. Um, I think that the I think the suit from the first one is is better. Um, but yeah, this one this one's not bad. I like it. All right, what's your opinion, Mark? On the suit? Yes. Lauren McAfee security scan plus is like <laughs> watch out. <laughs> <laughs> cool that they wanted to redesign Electro. I thought that was a bold move. And when he becomes part of the city, I think it was genuinely, like, cool. Because that was a cool option. I think the Goblin design in this movie is way worse than Electro's on. I just say, both the Electro designs are better than the Goblin design. Oh, yeah. The Goblin design is like, he's a Goblin. Spoopy. Now, now, given... (laughs) Given that, like, a lot of people say this is the worst of the Spider-Man films. Nope. It's definitely not true. <laughs> I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that it is either. But um, also remember this same year. Wasn't this the same year that the Fantastic Four, like the third? No, this was the year before. Oh, the year, the year before. before. Okay. So Fantastic Four was 15? Yeah, it came out right after Ant-Man. Okay, so I'm going to look up superhero movies that came out in 2014. Winter Soldier. Yeah, Winter, Winter Soldier. Soldier and Guardians. Oh, and yeah, 2014. And we're going to get to a certain other one when we talk about a post-credits scene. We're going to get to another one. Yeah, 2014. Uh, we talked about this on the episode with uh, Caleb uh, for Winter Soldier. We talked about how like 2014 was like superhero movies were on point. Well, right. I mean... If if you're called X Men Days of Future Past, Captain America, Winter Soldier, and Guardians of the Galaxy, oh, and Birdman, apparently that's a Lego movie's a superhero movie. I don't, I don't well, know. Well, Batman's in it. Batman's in the Lego movie. That would make sense. Oh, that does make sense. What is RoboCop? Well, that is a comic. Yeah. All right, we're gonna move on to talk about the superhero score. movies that year. Apparently, Edge, Edge of Tomorrow, Tomorrow is no, it's a comic book. I was gonna say Edge of Tomorrow is a comic book. Movie. Yeah. Okay. I'd watch it. All right, we got to move on. Yeah. Score. What do we think about the score? I liked it better, actually, than the Horner score. I think it works way better with its tone. 
And I actually, last week I was like, I want the Horner score back. I'm like, no, I would like this score back for uh, No Way Home. Yeah, yeah, this this score was a lot more memorable. Um, and it also, like, the score knew what scene it was in. It knew what the scene was about. It knew, like, it matched the tone of the scene. It matched things happening in the scene. Um, one of my favorite parts of the score interacting with the scene itself is when um, when uh, Electro is at the power station and he's making different like sounds, you know, and it's he wasn't doing that, but he's he's he making did. Different... no, no, he played the it's bitsy spider. Is that he what he did? Spider on. The... Oh, yeah. and then yeah. yeah. And then I like how like, I didn't even catch that, but I like how uh, Spidey's like, oh, I don't like that one. You know, I that right there that, you know, that was everything in that scene was working together. That was a great moment. Um, uh, yeah. What I will say about the score that I thought you were going to mention is uh, the uh, the Electro rap. <laughs> he hates <laughs> you. He blah, blah. He lies. He lies on me. He hates on me. I hate him. <laughs> He sounds like Gollum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I forgot that Kendrick Lamar did uh, the music at it was the him and Pharrell and Pharrell and Pharrell. Yeah, yeah, at the end of at the end of there, I was like, that sounds like Kendrick. And then I'm like, yep, that that's him. That's Kendrick Lamar. Uh, it's rough. It's the, it's the lecture rap is a little rough. It's a trip. <laughs> It's it's a trip of choices. Yep, <laughs> it's a choice. It's a choice. Okay, and then uh, the post credits. What did you guys think of it? I didn't I did. get it. I didn't get one. Yeah, yeah. they removed it from the DVD because uh, I don't know if you guys sat through the credits a bit, but if you watch the credits during the catch list on the DVD, it will randomly glitch out for like two seconds, and then it will just go back and the credits. You're like, okay, that's weird. Because in the uh, <laughs> in the cut in the theater, it would glitch out and then just show the scene from X Men: Days Future Past of Mystique um, going to a Vietnam camp. Yeah, that's holding mutants. And then when it was done, it would just close with the X door, and then it would just go back to the credits with no real context. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember why. Uh, I, gotta, I gotta look that the up. The reason they did that is because it's like. The so like Sony owed Fox something or rather, I I forget what exactly it was. Hopefully you find. Oh, it. I'm on. I'm I'm looking up DontTellHarry.com. Anyway, so Mark Webb, uh, his first film was Five Hundred Days of Summer, which was a huge indie hit, and he had a deal with um Fox Searchlight to direct his next movie with them. But then he got The Amazing Spider-Man. And they're like, yeah, sure, you can go do The Amazing Spider-Man. That's fine. Uh, but then you have to come back and do this next. However, obviously, they wanted the Amazing Spider-Man 2 out immediately. So they're like, Mark Webb, you have to do it. And Fox was like, no, he has to deal with us to do his next movie. You have to give him back to us. So Sony was like, well, why don't we do Amazing Spider-Man 2? We'll let you advertise an X-Men movie in the credits of this movie. That's why it's there. We'll let you um, advertise a dramatically better movie yeah i'm gonna say like in uh, your post credit that you are not going to make any money off of yeah yeah it's just funny to me too it's like the days actually did better than this at the box office yeah um because this actually the reason why um 
Spider-Man went back to Marvel really was because this made barely 200 million. True. Which is not a lot for a superhero movie. Um so yeah, this was a big embarrassment financially mm. for Sony. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and then well they also didn't they also had like a bunch of spin-offs planned besides the Ant-Man movie. The Ant-Man yeah, Ant-Man besides movie uh Sinister 6. Yeah. Sony really likes to uh Well, Venom was in development at the time. Yeah. They really like Venom has been developed. They really forever. like to put the cart before the horse. Before they even buy the horse. <laughs> they just have five carts. Well, the issue with this is that it's trying to set up a cinematic universe for a single character. Yeah. Which doesn't really work. Um well while we wait for Mark to return, we can talk very briefly before we get to our awards about um the DVD uh boxing for this for the clutch oh my god i do think it's worth mentioning oh my god <laughs> for those who aren't aware of it oh my goodness uh, if you're not aware of it you should immediately search the amazing experiment to collectors dvd electro image honestly image search honestly that. we should just tweet it out we really we should, really should yeah yeah but they there are like collectors versions of you know like everything. Like I have a steel book of Luca that has a really nice cover. For this, they're like, you know, we're gonna put out a nice collector's edition where you'll get three Blu-rays, one with the movie, one with the uh bonus features, and one with the 3D version. And we'll also give you a life-size sculpture of Jamie Foxx's head that is blue. <laughs> <laughs> I I I don't know why Jamie Foxx said yes. I will let you do a mold of my head. I I think I think Jamie Foxx's probably whole reaction to this movie was, yeah, this seems like it'd be really fun to do, right? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, we want to sell statues of your head. He's like, sure, why not? Sounds very, you know, it's foreshadowing for um, Soul. You know, he played a blue character there. He plays a blue character here. It's true. That's probably why they hired him for Soul. Yeah, they're like Pete Doctor's like, I really liked your role as Electro. And he's like, oh, yeah. Am I going to be in the MCU? Well, let's just put that on hold. I'm, I'm talking about something else. And then he showed him. <laughs> showed him he just got me a terrible vision of Pete Doctor leaving Pixar to try to direct a Marvel movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. What? Oh, I, I was going to go off on a tangent about does Jamie Foxx have a star persona or is he a star because he plays a wide variety of characters? I think Jamie Foxx, weirdly, is just kind of one of those actors who he he comes in f- like waves, you know, like he'll ever be a really big movie star at one point or he'll be like not doing anything. I think it's because he has kids. Yeah. Uh, so like when this came out, he was coming off of Django, which was his movie star phase coming back. And then this kind of killed it again for a bit <laughs> but until he did Baby Driver, you know, and then he was like back to being a star again. Well, uh, he, he's just always playing some like out there kind of guy and i think that's interesting because he's never like keanu reeves is an action star it's like jamie fox is well jamie like, fox also doing like a lot of stuff weirdly hosted like the beach shazam tv show on fox like the game show i feel like it's weird really weird that jamie fox like hosts a fox game show because he seems like he'd be too big for that it's like my dream of quentin tarantino being on dancing with the stars it's fun to talk about, but I don't think it will ever happen. 
<laughs> oh, that would that would be a that'd be a thing. Uh, well, my, my my pitch there is, is that I think Quentin Tarantino would refuse to take lessons because he'd be like, I know how to dance already. Didn't you see Pulp Fiction? <laughs> and, <laughs> and it would just okay. Be a so his name is Max Dillon, and the reason why I I was <laughs> the reason <laughs> the reason why I was uh, I was getting it confused with Matt Dillon. The actor, and so oh, yeah, 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 I was like, no, it's Dillard, like the store. No, nope, it is, it's Dylan. Yeah, okay. Do we want to move on to on our awards? awards? Yeah. Yes. Uh, Danny. So for our first, uh, why is award MVP? Uh, I'm giving it to a, a character we did not talk about, which is Martin Kazakis, who I'm pretty sure I'm mispronouncing his name. Do you know how to pronounce it? Are you? What? I'll look it up I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if you just mispronounce his name and then I'm like, how do you pronounce his name? Mark, uh, he I'm does this all quickly. the time. How do you pronounce Kazakis in English? He's in, oh, wait. Hold on. I It's... Because he's in Lord of the Rings it's, also. It says Kazokas. Kazokas. That's to, uh, not what I'm... Martin who did he play? Kazokas. I'm looking at on, the I... The I IPA thing of it, but our well, Google tells me it's K- Kasokas. Anyway, okay, uh, he plays a character that has two scenes in the movie, and they are. I'll do an impression of him right now, and it is like, "Hello there, Max. I be able to do experiment on you." <laughs> oh <laughs> yes, <laughs> and it's. It's great. Yeah, he a hundred percent knows. Okay, he he could have really. Yeah, he could have very well been a scientist from the from the lab scene in Spider Man: Turn Off the Dark. He is right up there with with them. He he got the script and and was like, "Like, you want to be in a Spider Man movie?" Yeah, sure. He got the script. He's like, "Okay, well, this is how (laughs) I'm going to play this character." (laughs) (laughs) I love him. He he is he. He's great. I, I I can't really say anything beyond that. Like he's not in the movie much, but he really makes an impact playing a generic side character. Which there are other generic side characters in this movie that are like like the shareholders, very forgettable. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But like he shows up and outhands Jamie Fox in his scenes, <laughs> which is saying quite a lot considering how hammy Jamie Fox is in this movie. So yeah, it it's got to be him. I I got to pick him as my MVP. Yeah. He adds a lot to the movie where you wouldn't expect it. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, on the flip side of that scene is Jamie Foxx, and that's who my MVP is. Can I just say is. before before you really get into it, yeah. and I'll let you explain, that this is a long-term payoff in our outlines that you always have used this color to uh, <laughs> to uh, write down your notes because it's the electro color. It is, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's blue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jamie Fox. Yeah, MVP of this of this movie. He was handed a script that was not the greatest of writing, and he was like, "You know what? I gotta be a I gotta be a villain and a Spider Man villain at that, and I'm the main villain of this movie, and I'm going to have fun." And he just he just goes ham. I honestly, his Electro character would fit really well into venom let there be carnage just with just yeah just it really yeah would. i would love to see jamie fox against um tom hardy yeah 
Uh, so what what about you, Mark? Well, man, Danny, your answer was actually really good, and I hate to. <laughs> I was gonna say like I was gonna say like the stairs. <laughs> it's like oh my favorite part my favorite joke about dunkirk the movie is i'm always like i can't believe uh george died on the the stairs killed george <laughs> like i always talk about r.i.p george the stairs killed him. <laughs> you've seen dunkirk right Ty? no I've not seen. Oh Dunkirk. well, George dies on the stairs. He falls. <laughs> He's the one main character who dies in the movie, and he dies from falling down the stairs. <laughs> Spoilers. Should, Dunkirk is an interesting movie. You should you should check it out. I've um, uh, yeah. I've not seen that one. I'm just gonna agree with you, Danny. If Martin, you're gonna go with him. <laughs> yeah, because I definitely I definitely remember him when you. <laughs> now that we know who we're talking about, and I do think that like. He really, like, I don't know where he came from because he was born from this movie, and I think that's cool. <laughs> so I'll I'll say him. Kind of like the famous villain from Spider-Man: Turn Off the Dark, Swiss Miss. Swiss Miss. Yes, Swiss Miss. <laughs> He's the Swiss Miss of this movie. Yeah. Um. What about uh, your favorite scene, Danny? So I'm going to try to not be ironic with this because there are a lot of choices I could pick for ironic scenes. Uh, I think the opening set piece with the, not not the plain one, the plain one's terrible, but the, <laughs> one with the rhino is really great. There's a lot of great Spider-Man quips. Like it really sells you on Andrew Garfield's interpretation of Spider-Man when I don't think the previous movie does it well. Giamatti is going absolutely insane on set. He's just going, I like running over children. <laughs> and uh, and then we got the Jamie Foxx introduction there too, where as I've already said, it's so over the top. It's so fun. Yeah. I, I gotta go with that. Uh it's my favorite scene. It peaks early. Movie peaks early, but it's a good one. <laughs> Within the first 10 minutes. There's, a, there's another two hours you gotta get through after right. that. <laughs> uh, for me, it's the Times Square electro scene. Um, the setup is great. Spidey feels like Spidey, and Jamie Foxx sells his performance so well. Um, there is the 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 there is a tension that's built up in this scene uh, really well, like uh, with Spidey like seeing the crowd of people all around, and then also noticing the grate that uh, Electro is getting ready to step onto, and he sees that there are sparks coming out of Electro, and he's like, "All right, yeah." Like I got to do my best to keep this guy, you, no matter what happens Spidey to me. Sense is really well depicted. Spidey yes, sense and me. and he's like, yeah, I've got to keep this guy under control, and he does a pretty decent job of it. And then, of course, uh, that sniper shoots shoots Electro, and then Electro has a rap battle, and New York loses. Um, yeah, so Times Square <laughs> loses. So. All right, what about you, Mark? That's a good man. That's that's like a good little like stinger, little bit of like critical thing. Is like Roger Ebert says, Electro has a has a rap has battle, a rap with, battle New York, with New York. And New York, York loses. <laughs> it's it's like a week after the films come out, and you're getting like those trailers that are like critics say this film that that Electro has a rap battle with Can I New just York. Say- yeah. One of my uh, favorite critics who's been on the up and up, I noticed he got the cover quote on Venom Let There Be Carnage, and I'm very proud of him. 
I think the quote is like, a delight. <laughs> I really like that he got the cover for Venom 2. This Blu-ray. Yeah. <laughs> it was moving up in the world. Yeah. Um, my, my, favorite, uh, my favorite scene would probably be, because I, I want to say the beginning of when the city goes dark, but then it, it's like ruined three minutes later. So I think I would say the the ticket stairs scene because that was another moment where I was like, oh, I don't know how he's going to make that work. Um, and then he does. So that's my answer. <laughs> Can I just say, I like how none of us picked like anything to do with Gwen Stacy dying in this movie. And we never talked about it really. And I'm okay with that. I was surprised <laughs> that she died. Actually, <laughs> I was not seeing it coming. Really? Now you talk, you talk about going- like, her opening speech being like, you know, someday we're all going to die. It could be sooner than you think. <laughs> Man, I was interpreting everything in this movie as just like, you know, if it matters later, that's cool. But, <laughs> you know, it's like one moment we have a fireplace. The next moment we don't know if we have a fireplace anymore. I don't know if these things are going to like pay off later. <laughs> I like that analogy. <laughs> I like that analogy. Uh, uh, because also... When, I, when, I, when she died, I thought it was like, man, Emma Stone just... I guess her contract was up. That's the end of that. <laughs> you know, actually, we never we didn't talk about... This movie had more characters in it that were cut. Like, Black Cat is in this movie. And... Yeah. <laughs> it's very... And uh, Shanley Woodley shot multiple scenes as Mary Jane that they all cut. They totally were cut from the movie. And I'm just like... You know, it's pretty amazing to think, no pun intended, that they had scenes where Peter got his next girlfriend while his current girlfriend was still alive. <laughs> I just like the idea that it's there. <laughs> and then they, they cut it because they're like, this movie's too long. And also, like, everyone knows he's going to get Mary Jane, so this is weird that it's here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. It would have been very interesting to be in the cutting room for this for this film. I want to... S- I want to see release the Snyder cut version of this where it's four hours. Long. Oh my god! I want to see what's not in the movie. <laughs> it's, it's I want to see every every bit of footage in this movie. I want to see Mark Webb's in, full vision. Instead, we get this Blu-ray feature called Rhino Cam, and it's just, it's just us with Paul Giamatti in the moments leading up to the beginning of the movie of him just what, driving. True? Of him just oh. driving around. Like four hours of Paul Giamatti driving around New York, just going, "Yeah, come on, get to me, Spider Man!" Like, uh, I feel like the steam would run out after like twenty minutes, but just knowing that it exists, would, would be I, I love that the end of this movie is um the the rhino saying, "Oh, look, it's a little kid dressed as Spider Man. I guess I'm going to have to kill you." It is. <laughs> Is Mark is Mark Webb gonna come back and say that that was a young I'm, Tony Stark because I, they just, <laughs> because they already said that in Iron Man two that was young Peter Parker. So I gotta, I gotta say I I'm curious about uh at, at the No Way Home premiere. I'm Ramy will definitely be there, you know, because he's doing Doctor Strange. Yeah. I'm curious if they'll invite Mark Webb. I'm very curious if he'll be even like acknowledged. <laughs> Moving on to our last category, yeah. uh, worst yeah. scene. What about you, Danny? Uh, it's definitely the scene 
where Spider-Man tells Harry that he doesn't want to give him his blood. Because I think if you look at this movie on its own, the only reason you really don't trust Harry Osborn is because, like, he's an Osborn, which wouldn't make much sense for Peter, right? Right. So, like, him saying, I want your blood so I can study it because it's clear that you have healing abilities. And he's really, he says he's good friends of Harry, and he just goes, no, I don't trust you with it. Okay, well... I think Harry's completely in the right to be mad about that. And it's really funny to me that Peter is like, not, he, 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 he shows up as Spider-Man just to say no. I think that's really yeah. funny. Like he doesn't like, he doesn't stop him. He's like, he wants to say to his face, like, yeah, I'm not giving you my blood. And I think Harry, it's so, it's such a dumb plot. Develop. I think the whole magic, I think it's really funny. This movie is written by the same person who wrote Star Trek and the darkness. Cause both of them have magic blood plots. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's the worst thing to me. Yeah, yeah, that one. I I just think it's it's odd that like Harry's never heard what Spider Man sounds like, and he never once is like, "Hey, you kind of sound like my friend Peter Parker." And Peter doesn't really try to like alter his voice. He's just like, "Hey, uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna give you my blood. Uh, no, like he, it, yeah, it just, but." Anyways, so uh, for me, it was it's kind of cheating, but almost any time that Harry Osborn tries to be a bad guy um, is the worst scene for me. Uh, the blame for it can't be wholly put on the writing, which is admittedly shoddy at times. But Giamatti, Fox, Stone and Garfield all portray their characters well, despite crap dialogue uh, that's on the actor. So, yeah, yeah, I did more of a, I guess, worst aspect, but most disappointing aspect. It's it's back. But uh, what about you, Mark? Well, I'm going to throw a monkey wrench into this and I'm going to go pretty much directly against what you said and and be like, every time it's it's goofy, like the scientist guy, I'm all for it. But I think my worst scenes are the ones between um, Peter and Gwen because they they have the, the I mean, it's. I don't want it to sound like I wouldn't love this kind of scene in mm-hmm. another kind of movie, but it like really breaks my immersion in the comic book world when they're like talking about him stalking her and they're just kind of like rambling on and especially compared to when he's like making a diorama, a big web on the board with just her face in the middle of it. <laughs> like, like that makes more. I think that fits the comic book tone more. I'm not even joking. I think that's more of the comic book tone. Is it yeah. a diorama of their relationship? <laughs> yeah, and and just like they're they're both much older than the people they're playing, and it's yeah. like it doesn't work for me for whatever reason. So I gotta say, if I had to pick one, it would be like the Oxford scene, mm. which I think just kind of completes everything because I. I don't think that is, you know, well, whatever. I don't think that's how that would go, which seems like a stupid reason to not like it. But yeah, yeah, you yeah. know all this my stuff. This movie where uh, Martin Gazaukas and Jamie Foxx are just hamming at you, basically spitting on each other at the same time. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, I want I want the spit movie. I don't want like, oh, do you like my spit? Really do. I was like, oh my god, you know. I mean, that's basically oh. the sex jokes you're talking about. It's like, you like a spit? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I'm Electro. I, no, no I'm Electro. No, I'm Electro. No, I'm Electro. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
all right, so uh, <laughs> we should be done, but we did forget something very quick. Now, me and Tyler can be quick on this because we've kind of talked about it before. Um, but Mark, you can go in a little bit longer if you want, even though we do need to wrap it up. Uh, what do we want from this movie from No Way Home? Uh, I mean, we're obviously getting Electro. I still am holding out hope for a Giamatti appearance. That's what I'll say. Is like, what? Give me that Giamatti. What if they send? I also would like the Zimmer theme. The Zimmer theme here. Would yeah, yeah. Uh, what if they send? What if they send the five villains back to their um, to their universes and then Paul Giamatti shows up and he's like hello and then they're like yeah I, I forgot <laughs> not one more I say the actual thing I wanted to say and I forget if I said this yesterday on our oh well yesterday the way before this on our um news episode uh but you know the plot of No Way Home has been said that Peter doesn't want to send back his villains because they're gonna die and we all know that canonically the ending of this movie is that since they never made another Andrew Garfield movie, that Spider-Man had to have died fighting the Rhino. Like, that, <laughs> so, so will there be another Andrew Garfield, another Spider-Man around the MCU? Because Peter can't send him back to die. That'd be terrible. Right. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but Tyler, what do you, what do you want? Garfield? I just, Give me Garfield the cat. Give me Garfield the cat. Falls down and just, he, he's like, "No, I'll fight you, Sandman." But first, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna eat this lasagna. But no, <laughs> um, you really nailed the Garfield quote. <laughs> I hate Mondays. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yes, that would be perfect. He falls out of the sky and then he's like, "I hate Mondays." Uh, um, yeah, just Andrew Garfield, Spidey. I, I think I would be, I'd be happy with that, with, uh, anything coming over. I like your point, Danny, about getting the, uh, Hans Zimmer, uh, yeah. Amazing Spider-Man 2 score to come over. I think that it should come over. Um, and also we... The electro theme. We yeah. have to hear Jamie Foxx rap again. Yes, we, we really need, like, <laughs> this is the film this is the opportunity to give like or to bring to meld each character's respective theme together you know i think every character in this film either hero or villain has a theme you know tom holland spider-man's got one garfield spider oh okay if they're in here Garfield Spidey's got one. Raimi Spidey's got one. Uh, Toby Spidey, not Raimi. Sam Raimi is Spider-Man now. Um, t- uh, Toby Maguire's Spider-Man. Uh, we've got the Doc Ock theme. I don't really know if Lizard has one. Who knows? Maybe they'll just put in, I'm a snake. Maybe that'll play. But uh, but yeah, I, I think that would be really cool. Yeah, I think that's what I'm more for. Because that also means I get Andrew Garfield in in the film. So... Yep. And what what about you, Marky Mark? Well, first, will you see this movie? Will you see No Way Home? I guess that's where we got to start. No. But if I were going to... I mean, I'll probably watch it when... I mean, if it bombs, you know I'll watch it because you'll have me on for that episode. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> Uh, I want I want really cool action scenes. I saw some I saw like the trailer and he's fighting Doc Ock and I was like, ooh, that's a neat little tidbit. So I, I mean, I think if I get some memorable action, that'll be good for me. 
Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, now we're we're done. But first, Mark, you have anything you want to say? Yeah. Um, thank you all for having me. I'm Mark Young. I'm an actor in New York. Uh, I'm on uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and it, I do some Audible. And if you want to see me in New York, you know, book the people I'm the working with for a murder mystery. You might you might see me doing some murder mysteries this Halloween. I mean, holiday season. <laughs> if we were to uh, if we were to want to recreate a Succession episode, could I hire you? Yeah, totally. All right, great. You're gonna be my cousin, Greg. We were oh no, that were you? Uh, wow. All right. Now we have our next thing to say is farewells, but we do have to say one thing, which is that you might have noticed that Hawkeye premiered last week at the time this episode came out, and we didn't do talk about it. Um, it is because we've decided, with me going to Hawaii and the holidays and Spider-Man No Way Home, that we are going to cover it uh, with, we're going to do two episodes on it. We'll cover the first three starting next week, and then we will do the the back three later. We are going to cover it as if it's two separate movies, basically, each of them three hours-ish long. Yeah. So, yeah, yep, so yep. you'll have that to listen to next week. Um all right. Oh, and we'd like to thank Joe Schirmer for editing this episode. Thank you, Joe. And yeah, and uh, and thank you, Mark, for coming on. Yeah. Thank good you. Good to have you back. Thank you all. Uh, thank you. Yeah. It's good to be back. I'll have to, I'll have to find more bad Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, I'm things. thinking I'm back. I'll have to find more bad, <laughs> bad like bad Spider-Man things. So we'll find yeah. some. <laughs> we'll find some like Spider-Man. Uh, uh, not boot bootlegs that's Scream bad bootlegs are bad uh, spider-man content. we'll find like some fan-made spider-man content i'll make some fan-made spider-man content <laughs> okay oh and if anyone doesn't know i kind of look like um uh, matthew mcfadden that's which why, is why. Yeah, that's why i thought yeah. i thought you were gonna say matthew mcconaughey <laughs> i was like no. i was like mark no 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 <laughs> that'll drive traffic because people will want proof but go as on. the number oh. one matthew mcfadden look out like we know what role in the MCU do you think Matthew McFadden should take? Because I don't know if you saw that Stewie from Succession is going to be in No Way Home. So what do you think Matthew McFadden should be in the MCU? Oh, I mean, you know who he reminds me of is Zachary Levi. And I think he'd be like really fun as one of like the wacky Thor side characters. <laughs> That's like, you're going with that. <laughs> like, okay. put, a, put a beard on him. and Should just, be a like, Christian Bale sidekick. Christian Bale? What? He's the bad guy in 4-4. Christian Bale? Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. This is a live reaction from Mark. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, put him in that. That'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, so thank you for listening to this episode of Why Is with Ty and Dan. We can be found on various podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, and on our website, whyiswithtydan.buzzsprout.com. You can also kind of Contact us by email at wisewithtyndan at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at wisewithtyndan1 because I'm number one. You can follow me, Danny Vincent, on Letterboxd at Blankments for reviews of movies, including those not in the MCU or Spunk. Thanks again, Mark, for coming on. Uh, and we'll see you next week with Hawkeye. Yeah, we will catch you in the next one.